No one comes to the Father but through Him. And this is why the gospel is the good news. Death no longer has any power over Jesus. Therefore, it no longer has any power over you. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you're believing for anything else from God, you're believing for small stuff. Get motivated, inspiration for today. When it comes to what's happened, you know, just what we've been going through, and they were saying. What is the worst part of 15 days to curb the spread? And then they said the first two years. And if you think about it, people were talking uh, three weeks for lockdown and all of that sort of stuff. And now it's almost two years later. <clears throat> people are talking about two years now. And yeah, we still sit in this situation. And it's almost like we're on a dark desert highway. And I want you to think about the Messiah because the, the Messiah came so that we can escape the dark desert highway. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 15, talks about his coming. And it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Bring you good news of great joy that will be there for all the people. Today... In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left him, and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So the Messiah is Jesus. <clears throat> and the good news of the gospel is about Jesus. The good news of Christmas is Jesus. Now to understand the good news, you first have to understand the bad news. And tonight we've gone through a, a journey through the Old Testament. And the Old Testament right there in the beginning in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17 said this, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat any tree, of any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. And they ate of it. And when they ate of it, in that day, they surely died. Yet they didn't die physically at that point, although they would die physically later. But immediately they died spiritually. Immediately their spirit died. And when their spirit died, it led to identity problems. And ever since Genesis chapter 3 happened, people have had identity problems. And people have had identity problems because from that moment on, our DNA was corrupted. When we were created... Originally in the garden, we were meant to be rulers. We were meant to be in charge. But the second that that fruit was eaten, we lost that position. We lost our rightful place. And no longer were we the authority, but now we were slaves. Slaves 
at war with heaven. Ever since then, mankind has been at war with heaven. And so, man had lost his position, man had lost his identity. And he was in desperate need of good news. And there's an old Christmas carol, seeing as it's a carol service, that heralds the good news and it says, I'm not going to sing it because how am I going to compete? All right, my, my embarrassment would be complete. At least I can rhyme. You understand? Compete, complete. Anyway, you never caught it. While the shepherds watched their flocks by night, all seated on the ground, the angel of the Lord came down and glory shone around. Fear not, said he, for mighty dread had seized their troubled minds. Glad tidings of great joy I bring to you and all mankind. Thus spake the seraph, and forthwith appeared a shining throng of angels praising God, and thus, all glory be to God on high, and to the earth be peace. Goodwill henceforth from heaven to men begin and never cease. And I want you to think about that, those last two lines. Goodwill henceforth from heaven to men begin and never cease. Begin and never cease means it starts but it never ends. It begins but it's never over. It's there from now forevermore. And I want you to think about the good news of Christmas. Begin and never cease. Goodwill henceforth from heaven, from heaven where God is to men, to us. The good news of Christmas is that Jesus came. And for now, there was goodwill from heaven to men, whereas up until that point, there was only war. Jesus came and he restored the identity of man. And when he, when he restored the identity of man, he wiped out the war between man and God. That war got wiped out. And in that moment when he, when he came in a manger and would later die on a cross, in that moment, he restored us back to what God created us to be. He brought our spirits back to life. And so he asked the question, how do we experience this image destruction? How does it feel? How do we experience it? <clears throat> and when you think about this image destruction, many people encounter real problems in the area of their image. But this is simply because the, the enemy, the adversary, always comes and he tries to distort our image with lies. He whispers in our ear. He whispers things in our ear, doing things like criticizing our figure or criticizing our abilities. Or sometimes when we've done well, he gives us a, a negative thought, making it seem to us that we've done this thing badly. He reminds us of our mistakes and he sows distrust in our hearts. People that we should trust, we distrust. And at this point, it's so important to remember that the enemy operates with great astuteness. He's very clever. He speaks in the first person when he speaks in our ears to camouflage his lies. And because he speaks in the first person, he makes us think that the thought came from us. And because we think that the thought came from us, we think, oh, this must be true. And every conflict that we have originates in our mind. 
And the enemy comes and he sows subtle thoughts, which seem like small, innocent, harmless little seeds that are coming into our mind. But they are actually seeds that are loaded with deadly poison. And I want to warn you tonight that when we accept these seeds, when we accept these thoughts, the venom that the enemy has brought into us begins to run through our entire being until it completely destroys our image. It destroys everything that God created in us. It destroyed everything that God intended for us. It destroys the very reason why we're here. And the result of this is that our relationship with God becomes cold. And it gets colder and colder until we eventually permanently separate ourselves from Him. And that is the final destruction. And whenever you have those kind of thoughts in your mind, you need to learn to recognize that you are dealing with the lies of the enemy. This is not what God is saying about you. This is not what He created you to be. If you look at the word Messiah, the word Messiah comes from an ancient Greek word. And it means that it's someone who is a savior or a liberator of a group of people. Now Jesus came as a Messiah, not just for a group of people. He came for the group called people. He came for the group called the entirety of mankind. And the good news is this. The good news of Christmas is that the arguments that the enemy comes and he sows into your head, he sows into your ear, he whispers into your soul. These, these arguments, the, the ones that made you feel naked and ashamed, have been destroyed this Christmas. You see, the arguments come, but through the cross of Jesus, God clothes you and he wipes away your guilt and he destroys all the curses over you and he destroys all the curses over your descendants yes over your children and your grandchildren your great-grandchildren and he will do this if you will just apply the blood of jesus in ephesians chapter 4 verse 1a listen to what god says about you he says for he chose us in him, for he chose you in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Yes, Jesus chose you before your sin. Yes, Jesus chose you before you'd messed anything up. Jesus chose you before the creation of the world. Before God in Genesis chapter 1 said, let there be light. Before the very beginning of the beginning, Jesus chose you. And you get holy by believing in Jesus. You get holy by accepting what the Bible says Jesus did for you. By accepting what the Bible says about how Jesus died for you. By accepting that the Bible, what the Bible says about how he rose from the grave. By accepting the story of a little baby that was born in a manger. That the Magi came to bring gifts to. By accepting what the angel told to the shepherds. That there's been war between mankind and God. There's been war between mankind and heaven. But goodwill henceforth from heaven to men. And may it begin and never cease. It never ends. It's there forever. And so you can live with him forever. For he came from heaven into a manger to live like one of us. To be one of us. 
so that he could die our death and save us from our sin. He brings us from the circle of life that we experience on this earth. You know, from birth until death, and then we go into the ground and we become fertilizer to the flowers. He broke us out of that circle into the eternal circle where we live forever. Now we've been looking at Romans and Romans 6.23, it's that famous passage we've been looking at. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And I want to tell you tonight, as you've heard this incredible carol story, but it, I, mean, I mean it's very good. The way it's been done has been absolutely spectacular. But I want you to think about the story it told. It told the story of the universe. It told the story of the history of the world. It told the story of how Jesus came to save us. And what it also tells us is that believing or disbelieving this separates those that are destined for heaven and those that are, that are not. And I want you to think about Romans 10 verse 8 and 9. How do you go from being destined to, to, to be lost to heaven to, to be destined to live forever in heaven? How, how do you change it? It says, well, what does it say? The word is near you. The word about the salvation is near you. It's in your mouth, in your mouth, right here. What takes you from being destined for a place lost to heaven to being in heaven is right here. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth, in other words, if you say it, the Lord Jesus, if you say that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You see, anyone who really believes in Jesus is separated by this. That Jesus is Lord. In other words, he's the boss. And that God raised him from the dead. Because if you believe that God raised him from the dead, you believe everything else about the gospel. That's, that's the biggest, most difficult thing to believe is that God raised him from the dead. And if you believe that in your heart, you will be saved. Not may be saved. Not if you go and do a hajj or something, you'll be saved. Not if you spread incense and say Hail Mary's 47 times. You'll, no, no, you will be saved. It's as easy as that. That's all there is to it. So tonight, I want you to realize your eternal destiny is at stake. Maybe you're sitting here and you're struggling, you're thinking... Um, you know, they're going to they're gonna give us an opportunity now to give our lives. And I think I'll do it later when I'm at home. And I want to say to you, no, you need to come to the altar right now. Because this place is the altar that the Lord has set before you right now. It's an altar that sacrifices everything. And don't think that you're going to have a more effective time to pray later. Now is the time. Tonight is the night. And if you come to this altar right now, then what you're saying to God, you're saying, Lord, I want you now. Lord, this is my time. Lord, I can't wait for another time. I want to commit to you right now because if I wait until I get home, if I wait for a better time, I don't know if I'll make it. And so, Lord, I want to commit to you right now tonight. I don't want to live eternity far from you. I want to be close to you from this day on. 
I want to be close to you, Lord, so that one day when death comes knocking, it won't affect me because I know I'll be with you for eternity. I'll be with you for eternity. And right now I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And just to mention, people here are going to raise their hands. If there's anyone and you're watching at home, you're watching online. And, and as I give this offer right now, if you want to give your life to Jesus or you want to recommit your life to Jesus, then please just send us an email right now to info at theactivechurch.org. That's info at theactivechurch.org. You'll see the address on the screen. And if you do that, we will contact you. But I'm going to ask you right now if you are here. And the Lord has been speaking to you and He's speaking to you about giving your heart to Jesus. Then right now while all eyes are closed, thinking about this powerful story that's been told you tonight. And if you are realizing, you know what, I need this Jesus for me. Then right now I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And if maybe you need to recommit your life to Jesus. Then I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. Some hands have gone up. I'm going to ask you right now to raise your hands. A whole lot of hands have gone up. I'm going to ask you once more. If there's anyone else here now. Through everything that's been going on. And the Lord has spoken to you tonight. And you've hesitated and you haven't raised your hand. But you know that the Lord is speaking to you. Raise your hand right now. Some more hands have gone up. Just lift it up high. Lift it up very, very high. Some more hands have gone up. And we're going to pray together. And I'm going to ask you right now just to put your right hand on your heart. And just to visualize Jesus. Just visualize Him. And remember that He died on the cross for you. Visualize the gift that He's giving you right now. And as you visualize Him, remember that the Bible says that this Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This same Jesus who died on the cross for you over 2,000 years ago did an incredible thing because His work stands once and for all. He shed His blood for you. And that blood was the price that was paid for your sin. And if you believe and you're serious about believing Him right now, He will wash all your sins away. And so we're going to pray and you're going to repeat after me. We're all going to repeat and, and say this prayer. But if you mean this prayer with your hand on your heart, He will save you. And so just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus. I'm going to say it again. Say, Lord Jesus, today I recognize that I'm a sinner. I repent of everything I've done wrong. I renounce my life of sin. And I accept your sacrifice. And I know that it was the price you paid for my redemption. And tonight, Lord, I ask that by the blood of your wounded body, that you would wash me of all my rebellion, all my sin, that you'd set me free from any sickness and from any pain. Lord, I accept that my debt has been paid. I accept that there's no outstanding balance because you paid everything for me on the cross of Calvary. And I accept that by your blood I'm justified. And you see me as I've never sinned from this moment forward. And that by your blood I'm sanctified. And that you have set me apart to serve you. You've chosen me to serve you. And Lord, I want to serve you. And so to, to, tonight, 
I open the door of my heart and I invite you to come in as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me and giving me eternal life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.